All right, guys, welcome back to the SB3V Fantasy Football Podcast. Today's date is October 24th, 2020. My name is Billy Strobel, and I'm being joined, as usual, by Joe, Anthony Isola, and Liam Ginelli. We're going to go over week uh, seven this week, so I'm going to hand it to Liam, and he's gonna. we're going to get started. Hello, you know the you know the sh- uh, rundown for the show. We break down Thursday, Thursday night's game between the Giants and Eagles. We'll break down Antonio Brown news, do, break down some of the Sunday's games. Our segment is back with over and under, and Anthony's line for the end of the show. Unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of questions this week, so we're just going to skip that part. So let's get right to it. Giants-Eagles, Philadelphia 22, Giants 21. As a Giants fan, I'm still having nightmares of that Evan Ingram drops pass. It sucks, but we're, we're not looking at the um, Giants fan outcome of that game. We're looking at the fantasy outlook for now on from both teams. Travis Fulgham actually had a good game against James Bradbury. He had five receptions, 72 yards, finished with 13.2 points. I guess that was a little bit of a statement with Deshaun Jackson back in the lineup. He still seemed to be Carson Wentz's favorite target. But Deshaun Jackson did get rolled up at the end of the game. He's been placed on IR, so we don't know when he'll be back. But on the Giants side the ball, Daniel Jones had a decent game, not the greatest game. That fumble and interception was a little iffy. Sterling Shepard seemed to make an impact back in the lineup, so that was overall good. Darius Slayton was shut down by Darius Slay, and I made that mistake of starting Slayton this week like I was told not to. So to Billy. And Evan Ingram. Wow. Giant fans are not happy. I'm pretty sure he got death threats DMs. Not going well for Evan Ingram. But what's his fantasy outlook like looking now? I'm, I'm, I'm an Evan Ingram owner, and I'm going to be a bitter Giants fan. I'm cutting him next week. I don't care. I did defend him on the Tuesday aftermath last week. What his outlook is, but Joe, am I you seeing you seeing anything different than I am? I believe Evan Ingram's going to get traded by the end of this year. So next few weeks, I'd say he's you could probably start him, maybe earn you ten points. But for now, I'd probably try and stay away from at least trading for him. If you already have him, try and get rid of him. If you don't, stay away. I've been saying this for a long time. I think that. The Giants fans for so long have overhyped Evan Ingram. The guy's just not good at the end of the day. Bringing back Sterling Shepard as well is going to take away some of his targets. And yeah, I would. I said this on the Tuesday aftermath. It's time to give up an Evan Ingram as a tight end in fantasy. Yeah, we also saw Devontae Freeman go down with an ankle injury this past Thursday. That's why Wayne Gallman carried the bulk of the snaps and was involved in the passing game. Anthony does. Wayne Gallman have any interesting fantasy appeal if Devontae Freeman misses next Monday versus Tampa Bay? Definitely not against Tampa Bay, and I'm not too high on either of the running backs just simply because the Giants' offensive line is just a nightmare. So I wouldn't really look into their running backs as good starting options. Yeah, the O-line is atrocious. Andrew Thomas played the worst pick in the draft as he's as he's playing right now. It's terrible. It's not fun being a Giants fan, but like I said always, we can't go on our 10-minute rants. This is a fantasy football podcast, so the show will keep continuing. Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay. No one saw this coming, I'll tell you that. I knew I, I also didn't see he was coming back to the NFL. I didn't think he was going to sign up to anybody. I didn't think anybody wanted him, but it seems that Brady loves Antonio Brown. For what reason, I don't know. He's a hell of a player when he plays, but those off-field issues are a problem. So maybe Brady will keep him in line. But now Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Wow. This this sucks for both of them. I think Mike Evans personally takes the bigger impact than Godwin. I don't know what it is. I think Godwin can line up in the slot and Evans and 
Browns could be wideouts, and that gives Godwin more value than Evans. But Evans just hasn't had a great campaign this year. But Anthony, with Antonio Brown playing at least eight games this year, what's his fantasy outlook going to look like? Antonio Brown's fantasy outlook will definitely be a very good one, assuming that he's still the same player that he once was. It's clear that Tom Brady really likes this guy, the fact that he's brought him into New England and now Tampa. So I think that Antonio Brown's probably going to be his go-to target. So if you were lucky enough to have him stored on your team or pick him up in uh, free agency, you got a gem. But now Antonio Brown's off-field issues, that seems to be the biggest problem with him. I don't know what has happened in the past. He seemed to be a good role model off the field when he was in his prime, but it seemed to just take a turn down the toilet into nothingness. He just becomes a headache off off the field, and that just seems to be a problem with him signing somewhere. But, Billy, if he stays good off the field, you think he can resign to Tampa Bay next year? I'm a believer in second chances, and I do think that he also did believe his get his second chance as well in New England but he's had many chances and I believe if he does not get it together this is going to be the end of Antonio Brown um I think that he was in a bad spot last year with New England because he just came off the whole debacle with at the time the Oakland Raiders and going to New England the guy clearly still wasn't in the right mindset and it's why he eventually got booted off the team after being there for like two weeks He's had a year to recuperate. He's back with Tom Brady, and I do think that Antonio Brown, uh, chances of resigning next year, who knows? I think he'll make it the, the end of the year because he's had a year to deal with this. He's heard all of the media slandering him, and I hope he does because I picked him up in two leagues, so I hope he balls out. Yeah, Billy, that was smart looking at Twitter, everything, whatever source you looked at. We knew Antonio Brown was eventually – Going to play again, just a matter of when. But Tom Brady has three great targets for fantasy. Joe, can Brady finish as a top eight quarterback overall this season? I believe so. I think that Buccaneers offense is the second best in the league. I just still think it's not better than Kansas City's offense, solely due to Pat Mahomes. But I believe once Antonio Brown gets going, Brady will finish a top eight quarterback this year. So that's all for that Tony Brown segment. We're going to just go right to the Sunday's game. We're going to break down the six we find the most appealing for the fantasy players in our school and just whoever plays fantasy overall. The first game we're going to break down, it's going to be we split it up. Me and Anthony will get three and Billy and Joe get three. So me and Anthony will start it off with the Lions and the Falcons. Both weak secondaries, both just weak defenses overall, both high-powered offenses. Anthony, what are we taking away from this game? Uh, this game should most definitely be a shootout. We should see the likes of Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, and a guy who I really like this week is TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's seen a lot of red zone targets. The Falcons have not been good against tight ends. So, yeah, those are probably the four guys who I like. And I'd even throw in Todd Gurley. I mean, he got like 23 touches last week. So Todd Gurley is another good start. Is it a bad thing that I'm nervous about Calvin Ridley now? With Julio Jones coming back in the lineup, Matt Ryan gets his favorite safety blanket back. But but we've seen in the past, Julio Jones draws all the attention, and so Calvin Ridley has to be open, but that didn't seem to be the case last week versus Minnesota. We know Lions' defense is not even a step above, step down, maybe the same level at Minnesota, but it's a shootout waiting to happen in Atlanta. You should be confident starting everybody. Okay, so me and Joe are going to talk about Pittsburgh, Tennessee. 
Uh, this game is originally supposed to happen in week three, I believe, but because of Tennessee's COVID issues, it was pushed back to game seven. Both these teams 5-0. and One team will remain undefeated in this game. It's going to be – it's a very important game. Joe, do you think that Pittsburgh's D is going to shut down Tennessee's fantasy options, whether you're talking about uh, A.J. Brown, whether you're talking about Johnny Smith, or maybe even Tannehill and Derrick Henry? Or do you think that Tennessee is still going to flourish in this one? I think this game is going to be a higher-scoring game than everyone thinks it's going to be. Um, I could see definitely Derrick Henry is going to have a big game. It's their biggest game of the year. I think Derrick Henry has a... Maybe not a huge game like last week, but I think he'll have a pretty big game. Jonu Smith, um, I mean, the Steelers just lost Devin Bush. That's a really big hit to the Steelers' defense if you actually watch any of the Steelers' games. But Jonu Smith didn't have a great week last week. I think he's actually hurt. I would stay away from Jonu Smith. A.J. Brown, he seems to be the guy in Tennessee. I'd definitely start him. But... I think that Pittsburgh's going to come away with the win against Tennessee. I just want to say a pretty good, um, in case John Smith goes down, I would definitely look at a good stream tight end pick in Anthony Ferkser for sure, um, if you guys do want to pick him up. And uh, I kind of agree with you that I think Derrick Henry, no matter what defense he's playing, the guy is just an absolute monster. Uh, he's literally like the same size as his own lineman, so that won't be a problem there. And in terms of Pittsburgh... Uh, their offense has been clicking. James Conner has been, he's been like low-key, a top 10 running back this season for sure. He's had a great comeback campaign from 2018. And like I said in the Tuesday aftermath, I did pick, I did draft him in two leagues. It was very risky because I think I got him in like the third or fourth round both times because he was just kind of the only guy left there. And both times it's especially paid off. And Juju and Claypool both had pretty good matchups because the Tennessee uh, last week, they got shredded up by Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about Juju, but we talked about Tuesday. Don't trust him. Green Bay, Houston, another potential shootout waiting to happen in the state of Texas. Deshaun Watson seems to be rolling with Bill O'Brien fire. That offense seems to be clicking on all cylinders, That, but that defense is just an overall problem. I see Aaron Jones, I, I mean Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones to exploit them. But after that last week, crappy performance versus Tampa Bay, can we see Aaron Rodgers and that whole offense in Green Bay kind of start to mellow down a little? I don't know. But, Anthony, my sneaky start of the week is not a receiver or running back. It's a tight end. Darren Fells. We saw Rob Gronkowski have a good week against them, against Green Bay. And then with Jordan Aikens also in the lineup, Deshaun Watson seems to be looking for Darren Fells, a little check down and in the red zone. Um... The Green Bay offense is definitely going to get back on track this week. The Houston Texans are just not good in, at any aspects of them. They have a terrible run defense. They, uh, I believe they're one of the bottom-tier teams in pass rush. So I think that um, a great start this week is David Johnson. We've seen him get 18-plus uh, touches in the last few weeks and against a bad Green Bay Packers defense there's no reason why he shouldn't uh, go off I think I have probably at least 18 fantasy points this week alright uh, the next game we're going to talk about is NFC mouth matchup between Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints 
This is the last week that we expect McCaffrey to be out. Mike Davis still taking those uh, the bulk of the carries. Interesting situation for New Orleans. Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both out for this game. Alvin Kamara, he is looking like the number one fantasy player going into this matchup, especially against a uh, very weak Carolina defense. Uh, but Joe, what do you think of Traquan Smith and Jared Cook? Do you think that uh, Smith is a solid start option? And Jared Cook, what do you think of him in this game? I definitely think they're both solid starting options. That Carolina defense is pretty terrible. But I think Alvin Kamara is definitely due for a huge game this week. I think they're just going to be force-feeding him. But I would definitely, I could definitely see Traquan and Cook both catching touchdowns. I would say start him this week. Yeah, I would agree with you. We see how much Kamara is involved in the offense this year, considering, you know, Breeze, his arm strength is not what it used to be, and he's checking down a lot, especially to Kamara. And we know how dangerous Kamara is with the yards after catch, so yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, Alvin Kamara, is gonna, I think he's going to feast this week against the Panthers. Sorry about that. Uh, I was going to say, and the Sunday night football game and NSU West showdown, Seattle and Arizona at Arizona. Uh, man, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, both great fantasy quarterbacks. Kyler Murray is really trying to show himself to everybody, proving all the doubt is wrong with his height. He seems to be an athletic quarterback, runs the ball. Much better than Lamar Jackson, he actually can throw the ball, in my opinion. So DeAndre Hopkins and just that overall Receiving corner, Arizona gets a great matchup. Seattle's secondary has been pretty lackluster this year. Shaquille Griffin's not been the most ideal corner. But Kenyon Drake gets that tough running back front seven in Seattle. We only saw one team really exploit them, and that was Minnesota, who had 39 carries against them. Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook ran all over them. But Kenyon Drake, is he a trap to fall for, Anthony, this week? Yeah, Kenyon Drake definitely is a trap. I mean... I believe he would have had, like, 18 points if it wasn't for his garbage time 70-yard touchdown run. And what we've seen is that the Cardinals are not hesitant to have Kyler Murray be their goal line back, and that, like, just really hurts Drake. On top of that, he's not seeing good volume in the passing game. So I'd probably stay away from Kenyon Drake still. Also, another player I like in this game is Tyler Lockett. I feel like... Tyler Lockett's had a down two weeks, and fantasy owners are starting to get nervous about Lockett. I wouldn't. The targets are there. It's going to start getting better, the production. Teams don't realize how good DK Metcalf is and start double covering or seeing someone spy on him. So Lockett should definitely guess, also get a bulk of targets upcoming in the next few games, so don't panic about him just yet. Okay, the final game we're going to go over is going to be the Bucks and the Raiders. It's a very interesting situation going on for Vegas. Their offensive line is completely decimated by uh, COVID-19. Um, and we know how good this Bucks front seven is. We saw last week as they, they bullied Aaron Rodgers last week. Whether you're talking about Levante David, monster game he had last week. Whether you're talking about Shaquille Barrett, uh, the veteran Adamakon Suh. They got a lot over there. What do you think this could mean for Henry Ruggs, who we saw flashes of, of that high draft pick uh, against Kansas City two weeks ago, and maybe even Hunter Renfro as well, and of course Darren Waller. I'm very scared for Derek Carr this week. Um, Josh Jacobs, I'd bench him this week. I don't think he's doing anything. I don't even think I'd start him at flex and maybe at flex in deeper leagues, but I'd bench him. I think that 
I think the Raiders are probably going to get shut down this week. I don't see Derek Carr having any time to throw with all backups in. But if I had to choose one player, I'd probably start Darren Waller because if he's going to be throwing a lot of short routes because he's not going to have time, they'll probably go to his tight end. I just want to say, if you have Tampa Bay defense, start them. Start them. A lot of people dropped them, I think, two weeks ago. I held on to them. Actually, I was considering going back to Chicago defense because I did drop them earlier in the season for Tampa. And they look like the best uh, option this week in terms of defense because the Raiders' offensive line, I mean, they're, they're basically going to be starting all of their backups this week. So you should absolutely start Tampa D. Uh, before we move on to the over-under segment, I just want to make a joke, really. I think the Vegas backups are better than the Jets' offensive line. So Bill's DST is also a good streaming option no matter what. All right, so we're going to move on to over-under. We did this back in week four, and we're going to bring it back again. So I chose two QBs, three running backs, three wide receivers, and one tight end. And these are points that I think they're capable of getting. And I'm going to see if the other guys think that they can get over what I think or under. So the first QB I chose this week is going to be Josh Allen against the New York Jets. Josh Allen has done extremely well against weak defenses. Uh, Miami, he put up an insane number against them. Week one against the Jets, also an insane number. He's going up against the Jets again. Do you guys think he's capable of getting over under 25 points this Sunday against the Jets? I want to say over just because it's the Jets and he's going to be running the ball, passing the ball, but I feel like if they're up big at halftime, we might not see a lot of him in the second half. So that's always something to consider. We're going to be hoping for a little of a closer game so we can see Allen out there a lot more, throwing the ball to Diggs. John Brown has been ruled out already. So definitely that takes a little bit of Allen right there. So seemingly Stephon Diggs is an awesome, perfect thrive receiver this week. But Allen seems to just thrive with running the ball. He's had a crappy past two weeks, and this is a get-back right, get game for Allen. Okay, the next uh, – or the final QB I have is going to be uh, the rookie Joe Burrow against Cleveland. We saw Burrow have a pretty good week against Cleveland in week two. Uh, do you guys think that he could repeat it against a pretty weak Browns secondary? The Browns defense did terrible last week against Pittsburgh. Do you guys think that uh, Burrow is capable of getting over or under 20 points against Cleveland? I think Joe Burrow is in a great spot to have a great game. Without Joe Mixon, that's going to make them run the ball less. And also, the Browns' defense is just passing defense has just been terrible. So, we saw Joe Burrow throw it 60 times the first time they played. I don't expect to see that again, but I do expect a big performance. I think he should easily get over 20 points. And another thing I want to add on is that I think... One of his receivers could actually be a top 10 player this week, and that is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, once again, is in another great situation. The first time they played, he had 21 points, and he actually dropped a touchdown. So I think Tyler Boyd is a great player this week, and yes, Joe Burrow will get over 20 points. Uh, Yeah, so I'd have to agree with you on that one. Another thing that matters a lot. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I just want something to add to Browns, Bengals. I say it every week. Baker Mayfield, worst quarterback in the NFL. I'm taking Phillip Rivers over him. I'm taking Sam Darnold over him. I think he's held single-handedly ruined Odell Beckham Jr. They should trade him back to the Giants. 
All right, so as I was saying before, Joe. It's a weekly thing. Joe, you know what? I trashed Baker on the Tuesday aftermath. I mean, the guy is a number one draft pick. He he needs to perform better, and especially when you have elite options all over the team. Yeah, I completely agree. Baker Mayfield has been a huge disappointment. The guy has more commercials than, uh, I think, wins or touchdowns or whatever the stat is. <laughs> okay, so moving on to my running backs. Uh, the first running back I have is Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, he is emerging to be like a, a top 12, top maybe even sliding into that top 10 territory. And that could change when Antonio Brown comes back. We have no idea. He's going up against a, uh, a weak rushing defense in Vegas. They've been torched a lot of times in the season. Uh, what do you guys think? Ronald Jones over or under 20 against Vegas? I'm going to go over. He had a huge week last week against Green Bay with 26 points. They, I've been seeing him get a lot of volume these past three weeks. 20 carries, 17 carries, 23 carries. I'm going to say the Bucks win this game by a sizable margin. Therefore, they're going to be running the ball. So I think Ronald Jones will be able to earn over 20 points. Yeah, but those volume has been coming because Leonard Fournette's been out the past three games. Leonard Fournette was out last week as well, and I think he's coming back this week. So does that affect your opinion at all, Joe? Ronald Jones is seeing is the clear cut number one back, but if they're leading a lot, I don't see why Keyshawn Vaughn, LeSean McCoy, Leonard Fournette should even be considered. I mean, get the ball. Yeah, so I thought Leonard Fournette played last week. I was mistaken. So. I'm actually going to go take the under with Ronald Jones. I still think he's going to earn around 15 points, but I think Leonard Fournette's going to probably get at least 10 to 12 carries. Especially, I think they're going to be leading a lot, so they're going to be running the ball. They're going to be subbing subbing more backs in. So I'm going to actually take the under for Ronald Jones. Okay, the next running back I have is DeAndre Swift against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, DeAndre Swift had his huge breakout performance last week against Jacksonville. We know that Alexander Madison was very disappointing last week against the Falcons, but we know how heavy uh, Matt Patricia stresses running the ball, despite the fact that he does have Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Doesn't make any sense. DeAndre Swift has got to be the clear-cut running back one right now in Detroit. Do you guys think he's going to get over under 15 points against Atlanta? I want Give me the over. I'll take a bold take right here. DeAndre Swift seemingly is the clear back in the receiving game, and that definitely helps him. And just the game strip overall in this game, I see it being going back and forth, back and forth. I don't see it being a blowout, so I think that's very beneficial to him. I still think he can overall take himself as the number one back in Detroit. As Detroit starts losing games, you're going to see a lot more carries, snaps with Swift evolved. But I still, the coach's game plan with the run, run, run heavy offense is beneficial to Swift. Like Billy said, I'm confused why you have Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson, Danny Amendola, Matt Stafford. It should be more pass-heavy offense. But if you're the Andre Swift owner, I'll stay over 15 points this week, and you should start him. Okay, my final running back is going to be a guy who I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on. That is Justin Jackson. Uh, we know that there also is a committee taking over in uh, L.A. because Austin Eckler is out. And Justin Jackson did get a lot more attention. He got a lot more carries. He got more receptions compared to Joshua Kelly. It seems like he's going to be the number one guy. And he did pretty good against a pretty strong uh, rushing defense led by Cam Jordan over in New Orleans. He, he might even fill in the role for Eckler. Who knows? Uh, do you think? And especially against a weak defense like Jacksonville, who got tore, who's gotten torn up by Joe Mixon and uh, DeAndre Swift, we mentioned before. 
do you think he's capable of getting over under 15 against Jacksonville? Um, I think that he will be around the 13 to 17 point range. I personally think that Herbert is just going to air it out uh, this game and Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are going to have big games. So I'm going to go with the under. Also because he's kind of in a timeshare with Kelly, so like a 50-50 split. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the under for Justin Jackson. Okay, and moving on to my wide receivers, my first wide receiver, one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game, Devontae Adams, going up against the Houston Texans. He's set up for a great week if uh, the Packers offense can return to form. I'm expecting a big week at Devontae Adams. He had that one huge week, one against Minnesota, but he hasn't really put up anything, and he has been having more injury problems. But when Devontae Adams is healthy, he is one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, do you think he is capable of getting over under 25 points against Houston? I'm going bold. I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league when he's healthy. So, in that case, I'm taking the over. Aaron Rodgers, that last week's definitely not sitting well with him. Rodgers is going to torch that Houston secondary. That Houston defense is so bad. I believe... Devontae Adams will probably earn 30 points. I also believe Aaron Rodgers will probably earn over 30 points. I, I'm i very high on Devontae Adams this week. If, if he doesn't get injured this game, he'll earn over 25. Okay, my next receiver is going to be Terry McLaurin against the Dallas Cowboys. Terry McLaurin obviously is the best fantasy option right now in Washington. Kyle Allen has been loving uh, throwing to him. He is one of the better young receivers in the game. It's no secret that Dallas's secondary is an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, do you think that Terry McLaurin is capable of keeping up this momentum? Can he get over under 20 against Dallas? Terry McLaurin is going to have over 20 points this week. And another thing I'd like to say is that I think Terry McLaurin will be the highest scoring wide receiver this week. I think that he has a great matchup against Daryl Worley. The guy's just not good. He got Darius Slayton beat him on a touchdown, but it got called back. We saw Christian Kirk beat him on an 80-yard touchdown. Terry McLaurin should have an absolute field day against Daryl Worley, so I am taking over 20. And my final receiver is going to be a guy who's been talked about a lot recently. That is Chase Claypool. I'm bringing him up again, Liam, because I'm very high on him. Going up against Tennessee, I mentioned before that Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller both put 20-plus against Houston, or excuse me, not Houston, uh, Tennessee. Uh, Do you think that Chase Claypool can keep it up? Can he get another game over or under 15 points against the Tennessee Titans? Chase Claypool, taken away from my man Juju. And with Deontay Johnson coming back this week, again, that just becomes more of a scratchy head and offense. Like, who are we looking at? Deontay Johnson, James Washington, who had a good week last week, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster. It's becoming more reliable on James Conner, who kept he was coming back to his 2018 form, like Billy said. James Conner seemed to be more involved in the offense. But there's so many good options in, that, in the passing game in that team. It's just hard to see Chase Claypool become the number one guy when I obviously think it's still Juju somehow. 
Deontay Johnson's also, when he was healthy, got like at least 10 double, almost double-digit targets the games he played. So it's just hard to say over 15 for Claypool. I think he gets ca- catches. I don't think he finds the end zone this week, so I'll take the under 15. Okay, and my one tight end I've chosen for this week, a tight end I feel like nobody has been talking about, and that is Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton as the QB. We know he loves uh, tight ends because he's had Tyler Eifert. He's had CJ Azuma. And Dalton Schultz actually got a pretty good amount of targets last week against Arizona. Do you think that Dalton Schultz is capable of getting over or under 12 points against Washington? Well, if Andy Dalton plays like, if Andy Dalton plays like he played last week, I don't see Dalton Schultz doing anything this week. But also, that's a good thing because Arizona seemingly all over Andy Dalton last week, and this front seven of Washington is really good. So if Andy Dalton is rushed, Zeke, Tony Pollard, even Dalton Schultz should be his little safety blanket for Dalton this week. I do don't think Dalton Schultz is over 15 just due to the um, uncertainty of how Andy Dalton will play. And also there's Gallup, Lamb, and Cooper, also a high explosive offense. It's just hard to see the tight end get the most targets. But if he's under pressure a lot and he needs a check down, Schultz is beneficial. I think you can start him. If he, if you really that desperate to start him, you should be fine. Get eight to nine points, but I'll take the under fifteen this week. Okay, so that is going to do it for over under. Uh, like we said, we don't have questions this week. Uh, we're going to move on to, as Liam always says, everybody's favorite segment, Anthony's FanDuel lineup. So Anthony, take it away. All right. So the line I will be using as of now. There's some pretty important injury news this. Uh, this week, the main one being Aaron Jones' availability. But what I have right now is Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Boyd, Hunter Henry, Giovanni Bernard, and then the Saints defense. I do like that Giovanni Bernard a little playing there we forgot to mention joe mixon is inactive this week but anthony that seems like an overall good line we talked about most of those players in the show so if remember anthony's twitter account he always posts updates before the games always look at that and if you have any questions hit him up on snapchat a message you know how it goes thank you all for listening this week me and billy will be right back at you on tuesday with tuesday aftermath have a great weekend everyone